Welcome to Choice Classic Radio. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and help keep this show alive by donating at choiceclassicradio.com. For more of your favorite old-time radio shows, join us on our companion podcast, Choice Classic Radio Mystery, Suspense, Dramas, and Horrors, where we bring to you the most mysterious tales that the golden age of radio had to offer. And now, with 116 episodes made, broadcasting from 1949 to 1953, we bring to you Richard Diamond, Private Detective. The makers of Camel Cigarettes present Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Why are camels by far America's most popular cigarette? Two of the reasons are flavor and mildness. No other cigarette has camels' rich, full flavor. And no other cigarette offers this proof of mildness. In a coast-to-coast test of hundreds of people with normal throats, noted throat specialists reported not one single case of throat irritation due to smoking camels. Try camels yourself. Then you'll know why Camel leads all other brands by billions of cigarettes per year. Here transcribed is Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Diamond Detective Agency, we make crime pay for 100 a day. Hi. Plus expenses. Hi, Helen. I'd like to hire you. No cut rates for attractive redheads. But I'm a working girl. I only make $12.40 a week. Doing what? Running an elevator in the automat. My dear girl, there are no elevators in the automat. Oh, no wonder they wouldn't give me a raise. Oh, that's funny. I want to hire you to protect me from a man. He's been bothering me. And just who is this man? His name's Richard Diamond. Well, no wonder he's been bothering you. You've been bothering him. Will you take my case? Just as far as my apartment. We'll open it up and have a party. Oh, you're ridiculous. Only when I try hard. I miss you. I saw you last night. You're just bored. Uh Uh-huh. And I miss you. I'm lonesome. I'm broke. I gotta hang around and pray for a client. Well, I've got a wonderful suggestion. Why don't you Uh come on? Uh-oh. What? Mr. Diamond? Why, yes. Come in. Rick, who is it? I don't know, but I'm making plans for some extensive research. I didn't mean to disturb you. I don't know how you could help it. Rick, who is that? I'll call you back when I find out. That's a girl. It certainly is. Rick! Bye. Now, Rick, you... Your girl? Hmm? On the phone. Oh, oh, uh, just an old wealthy aunt. She's leaving me her lumber fortune. Oh, nice. Yes, uh, sit down, uh, sit down, Miss, uh... Simpson. Mrs. Oh. Yeah. So you have an aunt in lumber. Oh, yes, yes. Broke one day, made a million the next. Discovered trees on her property. (laughs) Trees on her property? Well, what are you going to do? I came in to hire you, Mr. Diamond. You have a kind heart and plenty of money, I hope. My husband needs protection. Yeah. I beg your pardon? Nothing, nothing. Just snapping at judgments. Occupational hazard. 
My husband is John Simpson. Perhaps you've heard of him. The John Simpson? Yes. No. He's retired. He discovered oil on his property. Oh, that one. Oh, sure. He was responsible for my bearings burning out at 700,000 miles. He was walking in the garden the other day. Going to drill in the daisy bed? Someone shot at him. Oh. He's all right. They didn't hit him. But I've been terribly worried ever since. Not to mention how your husband feels. He wouldn't call the police and wouldn't give me a reason. But he wants me to protect him. He doesn't even know I've come to see you. Oh, what's he going to say? I'm hiring you, and I hope he'll understand. Well, I hope so, too. I charge a hundred a day in expenses. I have my own bank account. How nice. Diamond detective. Who is she? Well, Aunt Hannah. What? Oh, that's nice, Aunt Hannah. I think spruce is just the thing. Aunt Hannah. Spruce. Richard Diamond, Of you... course, Aunt Hannah. I'll talk to you later. I knew it. She's a blonde. She sure is, Aunt Hannah. Aunt Hannah. The one with the trees. Thinking about buying a carload of spruce. How nice. Am I hired? Of course. Then let's get out of here. Aunt Hannah might be over with a bat. Spruce? Of course. Well, that's how it started. A lovely blonde named Simpson with a wealthy husband... The husband had ducked a bullet in his garden, and now the lovely blonde wanted protection for him. A few casual jokes, a fat retainer, and Richard Diamond was once more in the ranks of the employed. We left the office and climbed in our station wagon. Forty minutes later, we were pulling up in front of the Simpson house on Long Island. Ah, quite a place. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, if you like money. John's probably in the study. May I take your hat? Well, I'll just keep it with me. Your husband might not want a bodyguard. Well, you're back in a hurry. Oh, hello, Ralph. This is Mr. Diamond. Glad to meet you, Mr. Diamond. Hello. This is Ralph Simpson, Mr. Diamond, my stepson. People are more inclined to think we're brother and sister. Oh, I can understand. Ralph was the one who suggested you. Oh, why me? Reputation. Looks like everyone knows about me but the man I'm supposed to protect. And he won't like it much at first. I've already been briefed. But whether he understands or not, it's most necessary he has protection. Well, let's get it over with. Hello, dear. What is this, a convention? Hello, Jane. Hello, Professor. Who is this man, this person with the hat? This is Mr. Diamond, John. Mr. Diamond, this is my husband, Mr. Simpson. Yeah... Charmed. And this is Professor Fisher. How do you do, Mr. Diamond? Hello, Professor. What do you do, young man? Do? Mr. Diamond is a private detective, dear. What? Now, dear, it was my idea. A, a private detective? Now, just relax. Oh, uh, go away, you quack. I've been relaxing enough. I can't think straight anymore. You've been making me relax so much. If you're not careful... Jane, I told you I didn't want anyone. But after being shot at... She pay your retainer, Diamond? Yeah. Did she explain my feeling on this subject? Well, yeah. And you still took the money? I've been poor. I told every one of you I can take care of myself. You know, I think he's right. Here's your retainer, Mr. But, Mr. Simpson. Diamond, please. Where do you think you're going? Out to find the guy who took a shot at you and give him some target practice. You've been paid a retainer to do a job. Now, let's see you do it. Oh, John. I had a feeling you were going to do something like this. Bring in a private detective or a policeman or something. Well, if he's supposed to give me protection, that's what he'll do. Now... All of you, get out of here. I want to talk to this Mr. Diamond. Thank you, John. I'll see you at dinner, dear. Now, you take care of yourself, you old scoundrel. Oh, beat it! 
Goodbye, Mr. Diamond. Nice meeting you, Professor. Well, Mr. Diamond, I have a feeling you might regret this job. It's possible. I really wanted you. I was just keeping up a front for the benefit of the family. Hmm. Is Professor Fisher one of the family? An old friend. Professor Fisher's a psychologist. After my stroke, he came to help me. He teaches me how to relax. You had a stroke? Three months ago. The professor's been a great help. You have a physician also? I don't need one. Now, as long as you're here to protect me, I might as well tell you what it's all about. Answer me one question first. I'll try. Why not call in the police? I have you. Do I need the police now? When someone takes a shot at someone, I think the police should be the first to know about it. Now, if you are quite done, Mr. Diamond, I'll continue. I'm well done. This morning, if my wife had brought you in, I would have had you thrown out. I didn't want any outsiders mixed up in this. What changed your mind? A letter. Here. Mm-hmm. Type. Oh, read it. All right, I will. I missed you in the garden. I won't miss again. You'll pay for... Ashanti. Ashanti. It's in Africa. Oh. Twenty years ago, I was in the mining business. I had a partner, Frank Victor. We didn't get along, and there was an argument one day in the mine. It was quite a scrap, and there was a cave-in. I got out. Frank didn't. There was an investigation, and I was cleared. Why tell me? The shooting in the garden could have been any crackpot. I didn't want any publicity, so I didn't want any outsiders. Then this letter. I have to confide in someone so they'll know who to look for. Who else knew about it? No one that it should make any difference to. Victor was a bachelor without a family. Could be blackmail. Someone who was there or at the investigation. Then why shoot at me? To give you a good scare. You'll probably get another letter demanding money. This person must be caught. In my position, I can't afford the scandal. Now you say I'm the first one you've told. Outside of your family? I haven't told my family a thing. Even my first wife didn't know about it. Mm. You've heard nothing of the incident for 20 years? Nothing. Well, I'll see what I can find out. I promised John Simpson my confidence. He offered me a large bonus if I should discover who had sent him the threatening letter. Then I borrowed one of his cars and drove back to the city where I looked up an old friend. Lieutenant Levinson, 5th Precinct Police Station. Well, the smiling gumshoe. Well, hello, happiness and light. Want to do me a favor? Depends. Well, if you can strain your arches, I'd like some confidential information on a few people. What is in it for me? <laughs> I promise not to tell anyone what a mercenary policeman you are. I'd like dinner, maybe a big steak. You'll get dinner, maybe chow mein. You got a deal with that restaurant? Certainly. They saved me all the leftover fortunes stuck in the cookies. <laughs> Who are you interested in? I want to know about a young guy named Ralph Simpson, an attractive blonde named Mrs. Simpson, and a man named Professor Fisher. Simpson, Simpson, and Fisher. The boy named Ralph is the son of John Simpson. No. Yeah. The John Simpson? Know who he is? No. Well, unlike my Aunt Hannah, who discovered trees in her property... Your Aunt Hannah? Simpson discovered oil. Oh, that one. His wife is the blonde. Which blonde? The one I want you to check on, Mrs. Simpson. Oh, how silly of me. I should have known. Don't forget the professor. I thought you said his name was Fisher. I did. How does he fit in with Simpson? A friend of the family. Now, you got everything? Sure, sure. Blonde named Mrs. Simpson, a son named Ralph. He's not her son. Well, you just said... He was John's son. Well, who's the blonde? John's other wife? John's other wife. That's right. Oh. 
He's her stepson. Oh. Well, why the devil do you want me to check on these people? I'm thinking about having a bridge party. Uh, give me the rundown on them. Sure. Uh, Walt. Huh? Put your shoes on. Oh. I gave Walt the rundown he wanted and headed for the newspaper where I knew I could wallow through the morgue file and not be disturbed. I went back 20 years and after wallowing for three or four hours found a small article dated Ashanti, Africa, 1930. It didn't say much more than what John Simpson had already told me. It mentioned the mine cave-in and the pending investigation on the death of Frank Victor. In an edition dated three weeks later, I found the account of the investigation and it verified Simpson's story. I left the newspaper went back to my office to check on a few things. Then, as I was about to leave and close up until I'd finished the case, I got a phone call. Yeah? Diamond? Yeah? This is John Simpson. I took a chance you might be in your office. Oh, I was just coming back out there. This is John Simpson. I took a chance you might be in your office. Yeah, 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 you said that. I'd like you to pick up something for me. Oh, sure. It's a package. It's at a bar on 57th Street. The Blue Pheasant. The Blue Pheasant on 57th Street. Mr. Diamond, this is John Simpson. Yes, yes, I, I, I know, I know. Anything else? Hello? Mr. Simpson. Bring it out to me right away. It's very important. I'll pick it up and bring it right out. Something wrong, Mr. Simpson? Hello? Hello? Hmm. Funny. Before we continue with Richard Diamond, here is an important question. What cigarette do you smoke, doctor? That question was asked a few years ago of 113,597 doctors. The brand name most was Camel. Recently, that question was again asked of tens of thousands of doctors across the country. Doctors in all branches of medicine. And again, the brand named most was Camel. Yes, according to these nationwide surveys, more doctors smoke Camels than any other cigarette. Friends, smoke the cigarette so many doctors enjoy. Change to Camels for 30 days and see how mild, how flavorful, how enjoyable a cigarette can be. Yes, change to Camels for 30 days and you'll stay with Camels from then on. How mild, how mild, how mild, how mild can a cigarette be? Make the Camel 30-day test and you'll see. Smoke Camels and see. And now back to Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. I left the office and went down to 57th Street in the Blue Pheasant, where I told the bartender who I was, and he handed me the package Simpson had wanted me to pick up for him. I drove back out to the house on Long Island. The maid let me in, and Mrs. Simpson met me at the study door. Hello. Well, hi. Where's your husband? Oh, I think he's still in the study. He was a little while ago. You going out? Some shopping. You're staying for dinner. Hmm? Where's your stepson? Ralph went out just after you left. Did you want him for something? No, no, no. Just wondered. Been shopping? Oh, this is a package for your husband. Wanted me to pick it up. Dinner's at seven. Uh, Mrs. Simpson. Yes? Professor Fisher. What about him? How long have you known him? Since I've been married to John. 
Your husband said he was helping him to relax. Yes. Is there something wrong? I don't know. I talked to your husband earlier when he asked me to pick up this package. He sounded rather strange, kept repeating himself. Since he had his stroke, he does that sometimes. Well, shouldn't he have a nurse? He should, but he won't. If something should happen, Professor Fisher's number is in the book on John's desk. Or call the maid. Mm. I'll see you at dinner. Bye. Well, hello, Mr. Simpson. I've got the package. Give me the package. Uh, Mr. Simpson. Give me the package. Uh, are you feeling all right? Give me the package. Well, okay, here. Yeah. Oh, I did some checking on your story about a shanty, and I... Give me the package. You've got it. Mr. Simpson. What? Hey, what's wrong? Mr. Simpson, did you hear me? Oh, I better get the maid. The maid? Maid! Mr. Diamond? Yeah, Ralph? Yeah. What's wrong? I don't know. Your father's acting... felt like the whole building was coming down around my ears. Ralph and I were thrown back against the wall, and by the time we got up, the study was a smoking black hole. Dad! Dad! I stumbled in after Ralph, but there wasn't much to stumble in after. John Simpson had been blown to kingdom come. You're sure it was Simpson on the phone? Sure, I'm sure it was Simpson on the phone, Walt. He asked you to pick up the package. That's right. He wanted it when I brought it in to him. He wouldn't say anything else. He just demanded that package. He'd been pretty sick, hadn't he? Yeah, but a man doesn't go to that much trouble to commit suicide. No. Well, maybe somebody planted the bomb. Look, let's uh, let's check with that bartender at the Blue Pheasant. Yeah, I want to talk to the rest of the family first. And by the way, uh, what did you find out about them? No police records. Can't find out much about the professor. He has no practice, no license in the state. I'll well, see if you can find out something. Interested? Yeah. It's funny when a man has a heart condition and won't have a doctor. I'll drag the professor in if you like. No, no, no. You go talk to the family. I'll go over and check for the bartender. Uh, wait a minute, Sherlock. You better tell me how you got into this mess. Okay, Fatty. Guess it won't hurt now. I told Walt everything the late Mr. Simpson had told me, then headed back to town in the Blue Pheasant on 57th Street. By the time I got there, the place was pretty well filled, but the bartender who had given me the package that afternoon wasn't in sight. Yeah, well, it be. Uh, where's the bartender who was working this afternoon? How do I know? He just works in the afternoon. Now, where does he live? Why? Well, I'm collecting addresses of bartenders. Now, where does he live? You collect addresses. I collect wise guys. Beat it. Hmm. You mean I got to show my little old badge? Your little old badge? Well... <laughs> Why didn't you say so? Complex. He lives at 500 West 157th Street. What's his name? Earl. Earl Collins. No relation to Tom. <laughs> no relation to Tom. Well, what are you going to do? I piled out of the bar and back in the car. Drove across town to 157th Street and 500 West. It was a big apartment house, and Earl Collins was registered in 405. I climbed the stairs and knocked. Gave him a few minutes while I knocked my knuckles loose. Then went and dug up the landlady to have her open the door. She was a charmer, about four years older than Grant's tomb, with a gin disposition. 
that would make a lost weekend seem like a Miami vacation. The type that should never have been dug up. Look, honey, I got cleaning to do. Sweetheart. Uh, Sweetheart. Oh, an expression of fond endearment. Look, Buster, don't give me no words longer than one syllable. Cop. You? Yes, mother. Mother. Sweetheart. Some cop. We'll discuss my qualifications as soon as you open that door. Okay. Sweetheart. There you are. Holy... You said it. Is he dead? As dead as he can get. Mm, still warm. I'm not interested. I need a drink. Did you see him come in? No. Did you see anybody else come in? I've been in my apartment all afternoon. I'm going back there. Killer used something awfully sharp. Neat job. Neat? What are you looking at? What's that other room? Hi, what's wrong? Keep it quiet. What's that room? Oh, good gosh, bedroom. Any other rooms? Why? Answer me. Bathroom. Fire escape? Huh? Where is it? Into the hall. Look, there's some blood leading to that bedroom. Oh. Now, shh, take it easy. Go downstairs and call Lieutenant Walter Levinson. Oh, Lieutenant Levin Walterson. Walter Levinson. Oh, goodbye. At the 5th Precinct. 5th Precinct, oh, yeah. There were several drops of blood leading to the bedroom door. There was a good chance that the killer had been surprised and couldn't get out. I went to the door and tried it as quietly as I could. It gave, and I kicked it open. The shades were down, and the room was dark enough to make it difficult to spot anyone. I moved in with my gun in front of me. He was standing right by the door, and he had a knife. Drop it. No. You should have listened. Didn't want to. Sorry, Professor. Don't be. It's better this way. Now look, look, you're in bad shape. You better tell me about it. You fired the shot in the garden and sent the letter? Yeah. Help me sit up. Okay. Yeah. Lean against the wall. Thank you. Well, I, I still can't figure why Simpson had me pick up that bomb. I made him. You did? I've been treating him for nerves. I started giving him a hypnotic when he had his first spells. During one of those times, he reenacted the Ashanti affair. So you decided to blackmail him? At first. Then when you took the case, we decided to eliminate him. We? Well, Mrs. Simpson and I have been... <coughs> I haven't got much time. Internal bleeding. Police will be here pretty quick. Decided to kill the old man and, and Jane would get the estate. I thought you'd be blown up with him. Mr. Simpson was under some sort of influence when I walked into the study. My profession. After you left, I returned and talked him into a deep sleep. I had him call you at your office. He nearly messed it up. Hypnosis. Nothing unusual. Simple suggestions. And when I walked into the study... He'd been ordered to ask for the package and open it. You mean he was asleep when I walked in? Yes, you see. Uh, it's too late. You'll have to guess the rest. Bleeding in. Oh. Yeah. Well, you better lie down again, Professor. You'll have to get used to it. 
ready to kill the bartender. Well, Walt checked and the professor had been coming into the bar for some time in the afternoons. He made friends with Earl, the bartender, and left the package with him. When he found out I hadn't been killed in the blast, he killed Earl to keep him from identifying him. Oh, charming. Yeah, like an asylum in an earthquake. Well, I told you to stick to redheads. Oh, really? Well, you know any available ones? One. <laughs> How available? Um, you'll have to do some extensive research. Okay. After dinner. I do not do any research on a schedule. Don't you want any dinner? Well, sure. Will it get cold? Let it. Rick. What? I'm hungry. Oh, for peace. You sing something while I go put the food on a tray and we can eat in here by the fire. You're going to get fat and sassy. Rick. I take it back. You're already sassy. You sing something. I'll be right back. Nah, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Got to sing for everything. Oh, dee doo 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 That's nice. Just get the food, huh? Just sing, huh? Um... I think of you with every breath I take And every breath becomes a sigh Not a sigh of despair But a sign that I care for you I hear your name with every breath I take On every breeze that wanders by And your name is a song I'll remember the long years through Even though I walk alone You guide me in the darkness, you light my way. And all the while inside me, love seems to say, Someday, someday. And when I sleep, you keep my heart awake. But when I wake from dreams divine, Every breath that I take is a prayer that I'll make you mine. Rick. Hmm? Is there really anything to this hypnosis? Well, there sure is. The old professor made Simpson open that package. Is it hard to do? Ah, oh, look, I'll show you. Just sit right there. Rick, I... I... It's all right. Just look me right in the eye. All right. You're going to sleep. You're going to sleep. You just want to go to sleep. Nothing makes any difference. Just sleep. 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 Rick. Shh. Deep, deep sleep. A deep, sour, peaceful... Oh, for Pete's sake. Dick Powell will return in just a minute. To find out how well camels agree with the throats of smokers, this far-reaching test was made. Hundreds of people from coast to coast, people with normal throats, smoked only camels for 30 days each week Leading throat specialists examine the throats of these smokers. 
they made 2,470 examinations and reported not one single case of throat irritation due to smoking camels. Try camels for 30 days and see how mild, how flavorful, how enjoyable a cigarette can be. How mild, how mild, how mild can a cigarette be? Smoke camels and see. Here's Dick Powell with a special message. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, the makers of camels have sent more than 198 million gift camels to our armed forces. This week, gift camels go to hospitalized servicemen and veterans at Veterans Hospitals, Framingham, Massachusetts, and Durban, Michigan, U.S. Naval Hospital, San Diego, California, and to all hospitals operated for the U.S. Air Forces in the Far East. Now, until next week, enjoy camels. I always do. Tonight's transcribed adventure of Richard Diamond was written and directed by Blake Edwards with music by Frank Worth. Virginia Gregg played the part of Helen Asher and Alan Reed was Lieutenant Levinson. Others in the cast were Gene Bates, Herbert Butterfield, and Tony Michaels. Be sure to listen to another great camel show, Vaughn Monroe and the Camel Caravan, every Saturday night. The bite is out and the pleasure's in when you smoke Prince Albert. The bite's out and the pleasure's in when you pack your pipe with America's largest selling smoking tobacco, Prince Albert. PA's choice tobacco is specially treated to ensure against tongue bite. Yes, with Prince Albert, the bite's out and the pleasure's in. And there's more tobacco in the pocket tin. Listen next week for another exciting adventure of Richard Diamond, starring Dick Powell. This is your FBI. The official broadcast from the files of the FBI follows immediately. Stay tuned. This program came to you from Hollywood. This is the American Broadcasting Company. That concludes today's episode. We'd like to thank you and remind you to donate at choiceclassicradio.com. Remember, your donations make episodes like this possible.